Knock, knock. Who's there? The Washington Nationals made a move. The Washington Nationals made a move. Who? Yes, guys, you heard that right. The Washington Nationals made a move on a former first-round pick, and in particular, a former first-round pick from the lovely New York Mets. Your guys, the Washington Nationals, they had a little steal there. They may have gotten someone that could help, but it also could be a little lopsided. We're going to get into that, but then also I want to talk about two guys that it will need to prove themselves heading into the 2023 season because this is the year. But then also, I want to talk a little bit about the draft as I have my eye set on one guy. I'm going to tell you guys about who that is right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm your host, Ryan Clary, so thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And as I was saying, the Washington Nationals did make a free agent signing yesterday. They signed former first-round pick Dominic Smith from the New York Mets after him being waived a little earlier this offseason because obviously... It's the Mets. They have a loaded roster. They don't have time for guys who will not be producing right this very second. And Dominic Smith, unfortunately, fell into that category, so they needed to move on. But guys, another man's trash could be another man's gold. That's something that I learned a little while back. And also, when you're in a rebuild like the Washington Nationals are, this is the market that you're going to be in. This is the market that you have to be in, in fact. And why do you say that? Because, guys, look around. Look what we have been saying together. Look what we have been discussing so far about this offseason. The Washington Nationals will not be spending the money this year. They're not. I would have loved for them to make trades for people. I would have loved for them to splash a little cash, maybe for a Cody Bellinger type. Maybe he's a little bigger name, like a Joey Gallo. But that's not going to happen. The proof is in the pudding. We're spending low and cheap on guys like Dominic Smith here. And this isn't a bad deal whatsoever. A one-year, $2 million deal with some incentives on that contract? It's a win-win. $2 million will not hurt us whatsoever. This is not going to prevent us from making a huge signing. Because... I'll tell you right now, I'm going to break this secret for you. We're not signing anyone big, as I've been saying. There was a slight little chance of a window there, the beginning of the offseason. Maybe people are like, oh, new ownership comes in. But no, this is what we're in the market for right now. And that is Dominic Smith. Because if you look at it, why did we claim Jeter Downs, another former first-round pick? Someone who was a high prospect, a top 100 prospect, in fact. Well, guys, Dominic Smith falls in that same category. Only 27 years old, a one-year $2 million deal, the former 11th overall pick in the 2013 MLB draft. Guys, 
It's a no-brainer to sign someone like this. In fact, I applaud them for doing so. Because Dominic Smith, yes, obviously he was waived for not producing. We know that. But then again, when you play for a team like the Mets, you're not going to be getting that too many opportunities. And even then, this guy batted 195 last year. Had a 560 on-base plus talking. Lost into the numbers was someone like Dominic Smith. Because, guys, he was a former first-round pick. This is someone who does have talent. This is someone who actually can have a little bit of pop in his bat when he's healthy. This is someone who can play left field but can also play first base. So you see what we're kind of talking about here? And then also, not even to mention, you know what I've been talking about this whole offseason. I want a left-handed bat. Well, Dominic Smith is that left-handed bat that we got, and I like it. I don't think we're going to be getting some crazy productive season out of Dominic Smith. But then again, the Nationals need to be in this market. They need to back their way into finding some talent for this organization right now. Because when you're in a rebuild, this is when you have the opportunity to swing and miss on someone like Dominic Smith. This is a win-win scenario. It doesn't matter if this guy flops this year. It's perfectly fine. In fact, that's the expectation, if we're being honest. The expectation is for him to not be that good. He's a $2 million player. He's not getting a big deal for batting 195. But also, there is some positives with this, as I've been saying. This is not a player who's just some pushover. This is someone who finished 13th in the MVP race back in 2020. And I will say... I hate using 2020 as a standard for any sort of awards because in that 60-game season, come on. Was it a season? I don't know. Maybe I'm not a math guy, but 60, 120, 180, what is it, 30% of the season? I couldn't even tell you. But guys, this is a win-win scenario for the Nationals. You don't have to have this guy pan out to be good this year. What we're looking for Dominic Smith right now is for someone to be a semi-productive hitter. He's got things to work on. That's when it comes with guys like this. He needs to work on some things. He needs to find that swing again back when in 2019 and 2020 when he had very, very good seasons for the New York Mets. 2019, 89 games, 197 plate appearances. That at 282, a 355 on base percentage with an 881 on base plus slugging. Has a career high of 11 home runs in that year, but then again, only 89 games that year. 11 home runs, again, someone who hit 11 home runs in 2021 as well in 145 games. You see that production slip? That's where you're starting to get here with Dominic Smith. And it eventually was just a snowball going downhill this past season with the Mets. And he did not go out very well, as some would say. But guys, the Nationals, this is what it's about for a rebuild. This is where you start. You get guys that may or may not, and most likely will not, be stars at the next level, meaning the major leagues. 
But Dominic Smith is someone who has been a very, very productive hitter at this level. It can also play a solid left field as well as a solid first base. Because as of right now, this lineup, without making it in any order, it's like around, this is what the national starting lineup should be looking like heading into this offseason. First base, Dominic Smith, maybe. Second base, Luis Garcia. Shortstop, C.J. Abrams. J-Mayor Candelario slash Jake Alou slash Carter B. Keyboom over at third base. Left field, Lane Thomas. Center field, Victor Robles. Right field, Joey Manessis. And then you also have guys who will be filling in at DH. Who will that be? Who knows at this point? Ildemaro Vargas, maybe? I don't know. I see it right now as we stand here. I think Dominic Smith might be that guy who's going to be the DH. and But then again, we're going to be seeing a platoon situation for those guys. We're going to be seeing some sort of platoon as far as DH goes this year. I don't really see Joey Manessas being in the field too much. We kind of saw it this last year. Not much of a fielder, but the guy can rake, so that's fine. But Dominic Smith, it's a win-win situation. I'm fine with it. And not even to mention, if Dominic Smith returns to form and has a solid season at the plate, plays a solid left field, does what he has to do in order to become a viable option again for any MLB club, this is someone, my favorite thing, that could be traded at the deadline for a prospect to add to the depth of the farm system, as I alluded to in yesterday's show. Because that's the important thing right now. One, build up the farm system in a rebuild. Two, back your way into a superstar or a star or just a good player in general. That's what we need to do. And that's what Mike Rizzo just did here. And again, $2 million hurts no one. Now you dish out a six-year contract to Patrick Corbin, who had one good year, and after that hasn't done much. Yeah. That's a bad deal. Dominic Smith, I don't care if he bats zero over 500 at-bats. No-lose situation here for me. No-lose. So this is one of of the moves that I applaud from this offseason. And again, we need this to happen. Another man's trash could be another man's gold. That's the way I'm looking at it when it comes to Dominic Smith. But before I get into two players that I really need to see step up this year, because Time has come for Kiber Ruiz and Josiah Gray. I'm going to tell you why I think that. But before, I'm going to tell you about my friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and, of course, college basketball. We've got it all on Bet Online. Here's what I do. I look up all the stats, all the info, and all the analysis that I can get from Bet Online. And why do I do that? Because I'm not a great better. Most likely, you guys probably aren't either. Vegas, they know something. They're smart. So find betonline.net because those guys are the experts that I trust. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. 
And as I was saying, now getting into two players who I truly knew need to see have a big step up in their production this year. And that's Kibar Ruiz and Josiah Gray. But first, I want to look at Josiah Gray before we move on to Kibar Ruiz. Josiah Gray, I've said it. I believe in stuff. I do believe Josiah Gray has the stuff to be a everyday, not an everyday, every five-day major league starting caliber pitcher. I believe that. But then again, you also have to take the good with the bad. The good, he's got nasty stuff. That's what I was saying when I say I believe in stuff. I can see it. I see the breaking pitch. I see the fastball. I see the energy that he brings. I see the way that the team rallies around him. I do believe in that. And plus, I think Josiah Gray is going to work at his craft. You've already seen the videos coming out this offseason. And then again, that's every professional athlete. I get it. In the offseason, they're going to be working. But what I need to see from Josiah Gray this year is a step up in a way that he didn't do this past offseason. For example, in 2022, this past year, last year, because it's 2023 now, he led the MLB in home runs given up, led the National League in walks. That's not a good combo. Yes, he did have some moments of brilliance, and I truly believe if he were to cut down the home runs, then his season wouldn't have been as bad because, in fact, that was his main issue because he led the MLB in home runs and it wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. 38 home runs in 148 innings in 28 starts. That's well over a home run per start from Josiah Gray. We're going to need to see that cut down. Walks as well. Giving runners free bases. That's just not good. One, it's going to ride up your pitch count. Two, Someone's on base. You know what a walk is. I don't need to explain it. I don't need to explain what a home run is. But what I do need to say is we need to see that cut down by some point. And what I truly want to see Josiah Gray do this year to take that next step up, I want him to believe in his stuff. Throw that slider. Throw the breaking ball. Be confident with your fastball because that's something that we saw a lot this year. Once he gave up that home run, in his start, it kind of just went downhill from there. You saw him in the back half of the second season where he would give up that home run, and then he'd come back, and he'd kind of shut it down. So I kind of want to see that back half of the year, Josiah Gray going into 2023 this year, and truly just making that difference to where I think he could be a solid starter moving forward and a great option for the Nationals. I don't think he's going to be an ace. Honestly, I don't. But what I do see him as, a solid three starter in a good rotation. I can see that. And I would like to see him take that next step doing that this year. Because he's got the stuff. I'll say it again. I believe in his stuff. And you should as well. You see it. You see the way the players rally around him. People want to see him succeed. You and I, we want to see him succeed. Right? Yes, we do. So that's why I truly think, Josiah Gray, this is the year to kind of prove yourself. You're going to year three in the pros. Year two is a full-time pro. We need to see it. What is it? Because this is the year where you start to really make an opinion about a major leaguer. 
So that's why I need to see it now from Josiah Gray. Now moving on to Kibar Ruiz. Kibar Ruiz, I truly think right now, as we stand here today, is one of the better defensive catchers in the National League. And I say that, you're like, well, Wilson Contreras is still here. He's a great defensive catcher. I'm not saying Kibar is the best. But we saw it from this past year, the way that he could throw guys out. And yes, guys were running on him. But then again, you saw it. You saw the flashes behind the plate. You saw how the way he commanded the mound out there. That is a big deal when it comes to pitching. I point to this a lot. A catcher in a pitcher's relationship is as important as anything else when it comes to pitching. Because one, when you're Patrick Corbin and you're going to be throwing a slider in the dirt, you got to trust your guy back there to be able to make that block every single time. 2019, why was Jan Gomes the catcher for Patrick Corbin every time? Because he trusted Jan Gomes. And I use that example because we saw it. Obviously, he preferred Jan Gomes over Kurt Suzuki. I don't know why, but that's just the way it was because he was comfortable with it. And managers like that. They're going to roll with comfortability all the time over whatever preference you may have as your catcher or pitcher, whatever it may be. So that's why Kiba Ruiz, you saw it with the staff. They trusted him. He's a wall back there behind the plate, and he's also got an arm. Now to focus it on the offensive side. This is where he gets himself in a little bit of trouble with myself. Batted 250 last year, but then again, batting average is overrated in my mind. I want to look at the power. I want to look at your on base because that's what you really can do damage with. Yes, getting a hit can do damage as well. Thank you, Peter. But guys, I need to see the power from Bear Ruiz because this is someone who does have power. This is someone when we traded for him, we did think that this is someone who will be able to hit home runs in this league, who will have extra base hits frequently. And we just haven't gotten to see that portion of Bear Ruiz yet. As this past year, in 433 plate appearances, he only hit seven home runs. I see Bear Ruiz as someone who can reach the 15 to 20 home run mark if he was given a full season behind the dish and just given the reins. And given that catching one, he's QB1 of the catcher position. Give him the reins, give him his reps, and give him all the starts because that's what we need to see from Kiba Ruiz. This is a find-out year for the Washington Nationals. We need to see guys take that next step up like Josiah Gray and Kiba Ruiz. And I say that because this is year three for them. Year two as a full starter. And that is a big deal when it comes in my mind. And actually, Kiba Ruiz, this is actually technically year four for him. Because he played in two games in 2020 with the Los Angeles Dodgers, the World Series champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. But I need to see it from Bear. I need to see it at the plate, hitting-wise. You see it behind the dish. You know what he can do back there. That's fine. Don't change a thing there. But when it comes to the plate, and you're a top 50 prospect in baseball, when you're traded for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, The production needs to come at the plate. It needs to. 
And I do think that we will be getting that version of Ruiz this year. Same with Josiah Gray. I think we're going to be getting that step up from both of those guys moving forward. But it ultimately starts with Kiba Ruiz and what he can do at the plate. Because if he can become a hitter that hits for solid power, that can hit 20 home runs, drive in 70 runs a year, that opens up a ton of things for this offense. Truly does. C.J. Abrams, if he gets on base, having Kiba Ruiz behind him, driving him in, that sounds pretty nice to me. I don't know about you. Lane Thomas, Victor Robles, I've given up on him. But there are things to like about this team, in particular when it comes to Kiba Ruiz. And so I do see that being a big deal for this season. I want to see them take that next step. And I do think, if you were to ask me, Ryan, do they take that next step up? I do think they do. Do they solidify themselves as studs in the MLB? I don't know. But I think in order for them to have even that opportunity to become a stud in baseball, then this is the year for them to take that next step up. And there's really no pressure around them to do that. The team's going to be bad. We're probably going to be losing around 90 games this year. Maybe 100 again. Who knows? So that time is now. And I do think we're going to get that eventually from both of those guys. But again, I want to talk about this one prospect that I talked about on yesterday's show. But I need to tell you guys about it again today because it just makes way too much sense. But before that, thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now you can make Locked On MLB prospects with host Lindsey Crosby, a prospect encyclopedia. And he's going to do all the deep dives on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And it is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And as I was saying, I want to get into what Chase Dollander, the right-handed pitcher from the University of Tennessee, can be for this Washington Nationals team. Guys, forget the draft. I'm telling you right now, the Washington Nationals will be selecting right-handed pitcher from the University of Tennessee, Chase Dollander, with the number two overall pick. It's going to happen. Talking yesterday, on yesterday's show, of course, I mentioned that Jonathan Maya, one of the lead insiders for MLB Pipeline, someone who breaks down this stuff and does it for a living looking at this. He talked about how Chase Dollander could be the best pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg. And that's what he's heard from scouts across the MLB. Guys, what does Mike Rizzo love to do? What does he like to do? If you don't know, when it comes to drafting, guys, he loves himself a right-handed pitcher that throws gas. Not only do they throw gas, but he likes them out of college. He likes them develop. Over the years, Eric Fetty, Jackson Rutledge, Juco, Cade Cavalli, Seth Romero, he was a lefty. But guys, Steven Strasburg, duh. Lucas Giolito, 
out of high school. See the trend there? Guys who throws upper 90s fastball. Right-handed pitchers. Out of college. It's what Mike Rizzo does. So I don't even know if I should be talking about the draft this year. Unless Chase Dollander gets exploded off the face of the earth and is just not that good this year. Which scouts seem very unlikely to do that because he was the SEC Pitcher of the Year this past year for the University of Tennessee. I mean, this is the pick. It's a no-brainer. And really, there's no analytical inside for this. This is just me as a Nationals fan talking to a Nationals fan right now. And don't you just see it already? The big 6'5 right-handed arm from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, Tennessee. Putting on that curly W hat and taking a picture there. I see it. It's going to happen, too. I'm preparing you for it and also myself for it. Because I look at it, and it just makes so much sense in the world. You're like, well, why are we even doing the draft then? We already know this guy is going to be here. We already know what's going to happen. The only reason to where he wouldn't end up with the Washington Nationals is if the Pittsburgh Pirates took him at number one overall, which is very likely. But then again, there's also another top prospect, Dylan Cruz from LSU, who's an outfielder who they say is the next big thing. One and two is going to be Dylan Cruz and Chase Dollander. And I talk about this today because, one, seeing that what Jonathan Mayo said about him the other day, comparing him to Strasburg, just made a big light bulb go off in my head and being like, well, why are we doing the draft? <laughs> Nationals know who we're going to get if Dollander's there. Mike Rizzo, the second that clock starts, the pick will be in, and it's going to be Chase Dollander headed to the Washington Nationals. Don't bother looking at mock drafts, guys, because that's who you're going to see there. That's who you will see. It's going to happen. I'm preparing you right now for it. We're going to be taking that big stud right-handed pitcher from the University of Tennessee, and you're going to like it, and I'm going to like it as well. There's plenty of needs and plenty of things to talk about when it comes to the draft. So we'll get into that, obviously, this offseason. I'm tongue-in-cheek when I say we're not going to talk about the draft. We already know who it is, but we'll talk about it, obviously, and it's going to be a fun time. Thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And guys, I don't know if you may or may not be familiar with Lindsey Crosby, but we did a crossover about two, three weeks ago, kind of doing a deep dive into the Washington Nationals farm system. And I truly advise you to go check that out because this is not me just endorsing a friend and a coworker. I truly mean this. Lindsey Crosby is super, super, super knowledgeable when it comes to prospects. And that's what this team in this organization needs to look forward to in that. So he's got all the news and notes that he provided myself and the listeners at home. And guys, no better way to listen to that than my guy, Lindsey Crosby. He's got it done. That wasn't even the read. That was just me endorsing it because I love the episode so much. And I love what that guy does. It's electric and we need more of it. So thank you for making 
Locked On Nationals, your first listen every day. I will talk to you guys on the flip side.